Welcome back to Embracing Origins, your intellectual and emotional roadmap to the inner landscape surrounding adoption, family, and all the complexities in between. My name is Jeremy Miller. I'm an adoptee and I've been working in the behavioral health field for 14 years. Finding and reuniting with my birth family created a deep need to heal and learn as much about myself as possible. And now I'm here to share what I've learned with you. Welcome to the inaugural episode, everybody. I am so thrilled and so grateful that you're here. And if I could just for a moment share that the last couple of years since I I found my birth family, since we reunited, since I've gone on a quest to understand myself and all the things that this has created for me, all the things that this has uncovered for me, it feels really good to finally be putting a lot of this stuff into the world in hopes that it helps. That is the mission I've been on since 2009 when I got sober and started working in behavioral health. It has been very clear to me that my mission is to support the suffering person. That's my my personal mission statement. And it, it feels really good to finally dive into this stuff specifically. A lot of my work the last couple of years last 14 years has been geared mostly towards mental health and addiction recovery. And there was always this little piece of me kind of over in the corner, uh, just waiting for an opportunity to come into the world. So very long winded way of saying thank you for joining me on this journey. I'm super grateful that you're here. Diving into a topic like how to understand yourself which I recognize that title feels super clickbaity, but but this really is the roadmap that I have used, especially over the last couple of years personally, to try and understand what's happening inside of me when we're swelling with emotions and feelings and thoughts and narratives and stories. It can be hard to make sense of things, and what I'm about to share with you has genuinely served as my guide, and not only for myself personally, but with all the people, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that I have supported over the last 14 years. This is the majority of my work with them, and so my goal is that it it supports you as well, and in order for us to really embrace what this is, I'd like to tell you guys a story. So journey back in time with me. We're in 2019, it's December, it's Christmas time. I'm in my hometown of Denver, Colorado, and I'm gearing up for probably the most magical and interesting and confusing Christmas of my whole life. For the record, I love Christmas. I love the food, the movies, the music, the candles, the weather, everything about Christmas I love. So it'll come as no surprise that my first Christmas with my birth family was a pretty emotionally charged event. So that year for Christmas, I was staying with my birth mom, her boyfriend, and his kids. 
My birth sister was there along with her boyfriend, and the house was exploding with joy. Like, it's the kind of joy that you can feel. It's palpable. It's the kind of joy that you can almost see swirling around in the air. I could, I could literally feel it flowing through my body. It was the Christmas joy I had seen in movies my entire life actually happening for me in my life. I could feel it. It was the first time where the magic of Christmas they try to convey in film matched the Christmas I was experiencing in the real world. So as, as we were drawing to a close later on in the evening, we decided to bust out some family photos and family slideshows. And when I say family, I mean my family, but not the family that adopted me, not the family that I grew up with, but the family that created me. So a lot of these photos, of course, I had never seen before. So we put them on in the TV in the living room. I was sitting on the couch. I had people to my right, people to to my left. And my birth mom was sitting directly in front of me, leaning against the couch. And we're all watching the slideshow on TV. Everything was magical. Everything was perfect. And then it happened. of emotion took me over. In an instant, that joy that filled the entire house, that filled me from head to toe, it vanished, and it was replaced by a myriad of emotions. Anger, jealousy, envy, abandonment, loneliness, disappointment, sadness, and the list goes on. What's worse is that the the through line, the thought that went through all of those is that this was Christmas with my family. What's even worse than that is that it was my first Christmas with my newly reunited birth family. And what's even worse than that is that it was one of the few Christmases in the last 10 years that felt at its core like Christmas. The kind of Christmas that I had idolized since childhood based on what I'd learned in movies, which, believe me, we're going to get to in another episode. Okay, so I'm sitting here. I have all these emotions, and somehow I have to balance that with the joy and excitement that I'd been expressing to them for the last few hours, realistically, for the last few days. I can't let them see that I'm in what I'm in because in my head, I thought it could ruin Christmas. It could throw them into their own suffering and activate their own feelings of guilt or shame or regret, etc. and so on. How, how would they respond to my feelings, my authentic feelings? After all, objectively, I didn't really know them that well yet. And they didn't really know me that well yet. We had done a few dives into the emotionality of it all, but, but under way less pressure than Christmas. So what could be done here? I have the heavy burden of managing my own emotions, understanding my own emotions, while also maintaining the vibe we'd spent all day creating, and of course, the requirement to honor what I was in. So what's the solution? Hold it all at once. One result of my childhood, or the nature of my childhood rather, was that I had learned to manage my own emotions and solve my own problems. Now, upon deeper examination, what I had actually learned was that I was the only one who could. 
I learned and taught myself that I was the only one that could help me. Now, I'm not advocating that this is healthy. In fact, it's pretty much a recurring theme in therapy at this point, and it has been for some time. But I, I refer to it as a, a kind of a lone wolf syndrome. Of course, my therapist refers to it as you know deep-seated attachment issues, but that's a whole other thing. Back to Christmas. I knew that the only option I had was to hold all of these things at the same time and feel through them, think through them, honor them, be with them, see them. If I stuffed all this stuff down into the depths or brushed it under the rug or tried to ignore them, I knew, of course, they would only amplify. So here's how it worked. I would find a feeling and ask it questions. I felt angry. That was the first one I could find. Okay, well, why do I feel angry? Well, I'm angry that I wasn't a part of this. I'm looking at these pictures. Their lives look so beautiful. They look so connected. I see pictures of my birth dad, my birth mom, my birth brother, my birth sister, all the classic traditional family photos that you see. The only thing, of course, is that I wasn't in them. That made me angry. I wanted to be part of that childhood. I wanted to be part of that family, and I wasn't, and I was pissed. Wow. I wondered to myself, is that actually anger? Well, it sounds like anger, and it feels like anger, but... There's also part of it that feels like something else. I know that it was showing up as anger, but I also know better than to trust that at face value. I know that anger is a secondary emotion. It's icing, but it, it definitely isn't the cake. So if it, if it isn't anger, then what is it? Well, this is sadness. This is despair. This is a sense of rejection, and, and more than that, it's envy. I wanted to be there, and I wasn't. There's nothing I could do to change it. Whew. That's heavy. I asked myself then, which part of me feels that? Which part of me feels blank is one of my most valued exercises. Honestly, it is probably my number one go-to. The question and answer introspection that creates empathy and awareness and understanding and forgiveness, and most importantly, the ability to keep moving forward without skipping over what we're feeling. Is this ego? Is this inner child? Is this my essential self or is this my intellect? In his book, A New Earth, Eckhart Tolle summarizes ego as the voice in your head. The cumulative stories that you've been told and then taken on as your own truth. It is identity. It's the version of you portrayed into the world based on one thing, survival. Ego is where my anger lived. It was telling me that I didn't need them, that I was better off, that even though it looks great in this slideshow I'm watching, that it probably wasn't and that I'm great the way I am. What a beautiful defense mechanism I had created to keep myself safe from harm. That's what I was feeling in ego. In my intellect, I was explaining away the emotions. I would tell myself, I couldn't be there. I was meant to be elsewhere. I had a great life as a result of my adoption, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. So what's the point of missing something I didn't have and then better off not having had? Now, some could argue that that's also the function of ego and a continuation of ego's story. 
but for sake of clarity, I separate the two. Ego, for me at least, is very reactive. It's usually my first thoughts. Intellect is my processor. It's where I problem solve, I analyze data, and then I do something with it. In my essential self, my essential nature, the observer of my thoughts, the me that lives deep down in the heart space, the me that goes beyond my name, what I am in the world, and the the place within me that I knew that everything was exactly as it should be. I knew there that the pain I was experiencing following such intense pleasure was there to support my evolution, that the feelings coming up had been buried for so long, for decades And they deserve to see the light of day. And that while all of this is painful and intense and powerful, they are not me. They are something experienced by the more surface level me. In this space, this deep, deep space, I knew that things as they were in that moment, me as I was in that exact moment, and everyone as they were in that moment, All the moments leading up to now and all the moments after are absolutely perfect. Last but not least, I checked in with my inner child. This is the the 10-year-old Jeremy that lives deep inside me. The 10-year-old that's stuck. I picture my inner child hanging out at the movies. When I check in with him, we sit side by side looking up at the big screen, watching the events of our lives play out right in front of us. It was checking in with him that I discovered that this was where the actual pain was. He was the one feeling abandoned, less than, undeserving, envious, jealous, afraid, and alone. Wow. What an intense gamut of feelings for a 10-year-old boy to feel. We are several layers deep right now, my friends. But remember that all of this is happening while we're watching the slideshow. I'm still seated on the couch, still amongst my family. I'm even engaging in conversation with them while this is happening. There's an infinite power in being able to witness the inner process while engaging in the real world. And it may feel unattainable, but I assure you it is. And all it takes is practice and awareness, curiosity and openness. Anyways, back to the depths. I sit next to my inner child and I ask him what was wrong. He listed off emotions, all the ones that I listed earlier, and he gave me stories and ample evidence of why he was feeling rejected, why he was abandoned. Now, picture yourself face-to-face with a 10-year-old, an actual 10-year-old. What the hell do you say to something like that? And not unlike children in reality... What inner child needed was a deep reassurance, not from anyone, not from anyone outside of me, but from me specifically. Why me? Well, I know him best. I know exactly what to say, how to say it, and how to see him. I know what he needed and never received. And I know that I am the one best positioned to give it to him. I paused the movie we were watching, me and my inner child, and I took a knee directly in front of him. I told him that he's the coolest kid I'd ever met, that he's funny, that he's smart, that his creativity is limitless, 
that how he is and who he is is enough. I grabbed his hand and I told him that I know he's been let down, that he worries that the lack of love in his life is his fault, that the feelings of being on the outside were unbearable. And I also told him that despite all of that, he was loved, infinitely loved, that he is enough, that I will never leave him. I will always take care of him. I will always see him, hear him, and understand him. Most importantly, after years of keeping him in the dark, as far from the surface as humanly possible, I was here with him now, and I would never leave. understood myself, each and every part. In an instant, I reconciled all of those emotions with the different parts of myself. I was able to understand, empathize, honor, and behold my family as the gift that they are internally. In reality, of course, this does not replace the hard work it takes to heal wounds with family members. It doesn't justify, explain away, or bypass the events of our lives that shape who we are. Instead, this technique is aimed to cultivate awareness with self, to bring about understanding of each part that makes us us. And for me, it worked. I mustered up as much courage as I could find sitting on the couch watching this slideshow. And I told my family that in ways it makes me sad I wasn't there. What I was met with was not activating their emotions or rejection or some sort of shame or guilt. What I was met with was comfort and compassion. My birth mom consoled me and it felt good and I felt better. By bringing awareness to the parts of me, honoring them and letting them have their moment, I understood them. I understood myself top to bottom. And on that day, I started to heal a wound. There were hundreds of moments before Christmas and hundreds more since then where I've needed to call up and execute this exercise inside myself. To know yourselves is to ask, what am I feeling? Which part or parts of me are feeling this and what do they need? Tend to your inner child. Find them deep, deep, deep beneath the surface. What it looks like for you isn't what it looked like for me. You'll know when you find it. It's the young version of you that lives inside that is buried by all of our stories and life experiences. Tap into your essential self and feel yourself as the truest version of you. Remind yourself that not one voice holds all the power. Each voice has a seat at the table, and you are there to host them all. Asking the big questions opens up space for big answers. What it has created for me is a deeper relationship with myself than I've ever had, and I hope that it can serve you in the same way. Now, a lot of times people will ask me what I do with what I've learned in moments like this. How do I fold that into the 
fabric of what makes me me and continue to move about the world in a better way? For me, the answer is very, very simple. Once I become aware of a wound and I'm aware of what it has created for me, once I take a moment to honor what it has created for me and take a moment to check in with each part of me and really listen and understand, I'll never forget that wound and what I've learned. For me, just having the awareness, wow, when I'm watching this slideshow, I get jealous, I get envious, I get angry. Instead of moving through the world on autopilot without the awareness I found and taking that anger out in unhealthy ways or numbing myself to what's uncomfortable, instead what happens with this new awareness is I can say, wow, that's what's going on inside me. By tending to the wound itself directly in the moment, I don't need to constantly remind myself of what it created. Instead, with that deeper knowing, I can move about freely in the world, and when it activates again, the process itself of checking in with each part is five times faster because I've already gone there. I don't know if this is true for you, but it is very true for me that for the majority of my life, I shoved emotions away. I stuffed them down deep. I brushed them under the rug. In silence and in darkness, the shame and the guilt and the depression and the longing and the rejection and abandonment, all these things grew to a point where I could no longer ignore them. By bringing them into the light, by checking in and understanding, they have far less power over me as I navigate through the world. It has helped me immensely, and I hope it does the same for you. See you next week. Thank you.